Football MX Network production. Josie's on a vacation far away. Come around and talk it over. So many things that I want to say. You know a new view from inside the truck. X racer to racer and eye to eye. A casual look into the personalities of the sport and an experienced perspective into the action from week to week. It's Jason Thomas's Industry Seating. Presented by Pirelli Tires, Fly Racing, Blends All Racing Motor Oil, Works Connection, Plum Creek Funding, 612 Suspension, Fast Foundry, and Pro Glow. Hey guys, welcome to a Wednesday edition of the Industry Seating Podcast. My name is Jason Thomas, I'm the host, and we're going to talk about the race that we saw last night, or at least I did, Tuesday night in Atlanta, the second of three that we'll have, and a pretty exciting race to say the least, lots of chaos going on, of course, uh, the Cameron McAdoo incident, Jason Anderson getting into uh, some fisticuffs there. Uh, but before we get into that, I do want to thank all the sponsors of the podcast really quickly. Pirelli Tires, Plum Creek Funding, Guts Racing, Works Connection, Blenzall, Fast Foundry, Premier Vapor Blasting of Georgia, 612 Suspension, Pro Glow Wash, Grant Stone Boots, and Fly Racing. Thank you to all of them. So let's just jump right in. This is going to be a quick one. It is a midweek one. It's kind of a bonus podcast that I wanted to do. I had a, a couple minutes here. And, I mean, how can we not start off with the Cameron McAdoo incident? Of course, the biggest thing we wanted to make sure was that he was okay. And, you know, that was really my only concern. You know, I really like Cameron McAdoo as a person. I think he's a super nice kid. I even tweeted that out last night. I've never really seen him approach a situation where he didn't handle it the right way, right? He's nice to people. Sponsors love him. Teams love him. So uh, first and foremost, safety was at the, you know, my primary concern. And then past that, of course, yeah, you, everybody wants him to get out there and race and stay in this championship and all that. But man, I don't think anybody that watched that was thinking that he was okay. Uh, that was a hell of an impact and scary to say the least. He didn't look like he was wanting to get up or was really had it all that together. And just, you know, from all of the things I've learned about head injuries and being around a helmet being developed and testing and all those things, that's a, that's a really scary situation. And he is so vulnerable in that next short time, uh, time frame to another head impact, right? Another brain injury, the damage goes up exponentially. And that's really why, you know, we see these concussion protocols and you see how seriously the NFL takes it. So I really thought it was a bad idea for him to race, and, and I still do, even a, a day later, and we now know that everything went well. We know that he went out there and was able to stay in this championship and got a podium and all those great things. That, that's awesome, but I still can't get away from the fact that I think it was probably the wrong call. I didn't see them give him a concussion protocol test, right? There was no time for any of that. That involves going into the Alpine Stars medical truck from what I would understand, at least from when I was racing, that's what they would have had to do. So I don't know if they gave him some sort of impromptu 
test right there and then? I don't know, right? There, there are a lot of questions that I think need to be answered uh, because otherwise, man, that seemed like a very risky scenario to put him back out there. Uh, did they replace the helmet? I did not see them replace his helmet for the main, you know, the, the restart. As a, you know, I'm a part of Fly Racing and, and we, of course, we sell race level helmets. Of course, I think the helmet did its job. Good, good job on, on Bell and, and that team. But I would have liked to see him have a brand new helmet to put on after sustaining an impact, right? Whether he had a brain injury or not, I don't know. I don't know if he had a concussion or not. There's no way that you're going to convince me that that helmet didn't take an impact, right? And, and helmets, motocross helmets, street bike helmets, these helmets are made for one impact. And unfortunately, they need to be replaced. And that's an expensive undertaking for customers. Thankfully for Cameron McAdoo, he doesn't have to buy these, but I still would have preferred for him to get a new helmet and one that did not have a compromised EPS and that is was going to be ready to stand up to another impact had one come. Now, all of this is for naught, right? We, we know that he's, he's fine. It's a day later and all these things went well, but just the process I wasn't thrilled about. And, and I don't have, you know, th- this is just my opinion. I don't have a place in any of this. No one cares what I think. Uh, but man, it just, uh, it wasn't exactly how I, I think it should be drawn up as far as a game plan goes. I'm glad he's okay. Everybody moves on. You know, the series keeps on rolling, but I had a lot of questions about what went on there. Justin Cooper got it done, got the win, did everything he needed to do. You know, I, I've been riding this Justin Cooper bandwagon. I've been calling for him to be the champion and that's exactly what he needs to do, needed to do. And he almost got he almost got a lot of help, right? If McAdoo can't race there, we don't really know what Hunter Lawrence is going to do as far as being a championship contender down the line, right? He's had great races and he's had so-so races, but I think that if anybody beats Cooper, it would be McAdoo at this point. Um, I just haven't seen enough from Hunter to think that he's going to be able to go in and just just straight up beat Justin Cooper when it comes down to it and take this title away. Uh, so, yeah, I... I don't have any reason to get off the Justin Cooper bandwagon, so I'll just keep riding it. Um, I think everything plays out nicely for him. He looks calm. He looks like he knows that this championship is his for the taking. And, yeah, that, that's that's kind of the way I saw this playing out anyway. It hasn't been as smooth as I thought. I will say that. I thought he'd kind of run away with this thing, and it hasn't been that. It, it's been a battle every every step of the way, and it, it might continue to be all the way down the down the line. And, uh, yeah, that's just going to be for him to, to sort out, and, and it's going to be may the best man win type thing. Now, as for the 450s, let's do our power rankings. And, yeah, number 10, first time in this, this season, I believe, that he's made the power rankings is Joey Savacci. And Joey's been steadily improving, and, and he hasn't gotten a lot of TV time. He hasn't really been in the spotlight. But if you've been paying attention, you've seen him slowly getting better and better and better. And his starts have been good, and his fitness is good. He's been battling around that Muscan uh, when Plessinger drops back, the Mookie battle. He's been right there. So I like what I'm seeing from Joey. I think he's getting comfortable. I think he's starting to gel with the team, and, and things are getting a little bit smoother, right? Because 2020 was a complete disaster on every level, and he's slowly working back towards that 2019 level. Now, he's not there. He's not in podium contention. He's not getting top fives, 
But I like the improvement I'm seeing from Savachi, and that's all you can really ask for is to steadily improve throughout a season. That's what you want. Number nine, Dylan Ferrandis. Not a great race. Uh, he ended up crashing, uh, but I like the way he's riding. His speed is good. His form is good. And I think a good result is coming. Uh, we might have seen you know, a top five, six, seven finish had he not crashed uh, in the main event on Tuesday. Having said that, that's been the problem. The riding hasn't been the problem. Crashes have been the problem. First lap issues have been the problem. Bad starts have been the problem. So he's got to sort all that out if he's going to find his way up and into the front because those guys don't have issues. The Cooper Webbs and the Eli Tomax, even if they get bad starts, they find their way to the front. They don't crash. They don't ride poorly per se. Uh, they just always find a way to succeed. So that's what really Ferrandis has to figure out. And I listen, that's easier said than done. No one's going to blame him if he can't, but if he truly wants to be in that podium conversation and, and one of the contenders, that's, that's really what it takes. Number eight is Marvin Muscan and decent ride from Marvin, right? He's that's two in a row. He's put together. Both of these Atlanta rounds have been decent for him. You know, he hasn't really been a guy that I think can podium. And, and I think the whoops are a big part of that, right? He was just giving up too much time in the really difficult whoops, especially on Saturday, this week was a little better, but he's still, it was a weak spot for him. So I think he can improve. I think if this track this coming Saturday works for him, as far as if the whoops are easier and he gets a good start, there's a chance for a top five there. Um, he just, he just suffers from, he has a couple weaknesses, right? And in this class, these guys know how to exploit your weaknesses. And when you have guys like Aaron Plessinger and Jason Anderson that are riding at the top of their range, right? Everybody has a range of their uh, expected results. And those guys are riding near the top of what we've seen from them this season. And then, of course, you have the Roxons and Tomax and Webbs and all these other guys that are kind of always there. So it, it's making life more difficult for Muscan because he has these guys that you could argue he's better than those guys, but they're riding their best right now, which makes it, makes it tougher for Muscan to move up. Number seven, I have AP, Aaron Plessinger. I don't know if you say Plessinger or Plessinger. I like to go back and forth, and until someone tells me exactly what it is, I'm going to continue to do so. But either way, AP's riding great. I like the confidence he's exuding. I like the way he's going for the starts in practice. His starts in the races have been improving. Everything about his game is improving, and he's in the middle of a contract uh, battle. I don't want to say a battle, but his services are up for grabs between Red Bull KTM and Monster Star Yamaha. So we'll see where he ends up. I talked about this a little bit on Sunday's podcast. For me, I would end up going to Red Bull KTM. I'm just a big believer in that bike and program. But he looks really comfortable in the Yamaha. So if he wants to stay there, I understand it, right? I get it. Um, just for me and, and my personal tastes and beliefs, I would probably end up riding an orange bike in 2022. So we'll see. Keep an eye on that. As I mentioned on Sunday, all the dominoes will begin to fall after you see AP sign his contract, wherever that may be. Number six, Chase Sexton. Holy hell, what a ride from Sexton on Saturday. He, or, excuse me, Saturday and Tuesday, right? He was able to back that up. That's two second place finishes in a row for those of you keeping score at home. And you can kind of see what's coming with Sexton, right? He, he's ready to break out here. Uh, I think he's going to be able to carry this into Lucas Oil Pro Motocross. And yeah, Kenny was able to prove that he's still the alpha at American Honda. He, he wins the race, but Sexton certainly 
putting himself out there and letting it be known that maybe they're more of equals than it is a rider A and rider B situation. So great job from Sexton. I, I just love everything about what I'm seeing from him. He really looks the part riding in this 450 class. You know, he doesn't look like he's having to ride over his head. He doesn't look like he's intimidated. He can come from a bad start. He can ride at the front with a good start. He qualifies well. Uh, his fitness is there. You know, he just has every single piece of the puzzle that you need to succeed in the 450 class. And that's a really tough puzzle to put together, let me tell you. Uh, so great job from Sexton. Really nice improvement throughout the season. And he's really bounced back from that injury we saw at Houston too. Number five is Justin Barsha. And I almost put Sexton ahead of Barsha, but you know what? Barsha's won races this year. He was your points leader. He's had a really solid season. So I think we have to respect that. And I really lean on the overall picture for Barsha versus just the last couple weeks. And Barsha's still doing fine. It's not like his results are terrible or anything like that. It's just not quite the, uh, you know, the sharp tip of the spear that we saw early in the season. And that's kind of... It's kind of been the norm for Barsha, right? He, he has a hard time holding on to that blazing speed and, and just being the best guy as the season rolls on. Uh, but nothing, nothing to really fret about. Still a really good season he's put together so far, and uh, he sits number five in the power rankings. Number four, I have Jason Anderson, and I think Jason Anderson is going to win a race. I really do. We have three left, and it could very well be in Salt Lake. We saw him almost win the finale last year. And if you just are paying attention to the way he's riding, he looks phenomenal. His starts kind of suck. He blew it in the heat race. He stalls it coming out of the gate, which put him into the LCQ after that crazy incident with, with Alex Ray, which I'm sure we'll get into on the Pulp MX show tonight. Uh, but I just love everything about his game right now. He looks confident. He looks fit. He looks like he's got everything dialed in. And he just needs that last piece, which is getting a whole shot. I think if he gets a whole shot, I don't think anybody's going to have anything for him. I really don't. I don't know if he'll be able to do it. But even if he gets in the top three or four off the start, I, I think these guys are going to be in for a battle. You know, the, the caveat to that is if you see somebody put in a ride like Ken Roxon did on Saturday. Or, excuse me, last night on Tuesday. Uh, Roxon was just riding out of his mind, right? He just ran away from everybody and kind of had the race to himself. Uh, spoke to him very briefly after the race, and he you know, just seemed really calm. And I don't want to say that he expected that ride to happen, but he wasn't like over the moon, like, I can't believe I just won the race. He just felt like, man, I kind of did what I'm supposed to do. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see what Saturday brings from Roxham, but that was a nice bounce back. And, uh, yeah, I'll get to him anyway. But for Anderson, I still think a win's in the cards, man. I just love the way this is ramping up for him. And you usually see results for these guys. They get better and better and better and better. And then all of a sudden they have this breakout. And I, I think that's what we're going to see from Anderson. Number three is Tomac. And yeah, I think this is just where he belongs, right? I had moved him to second place after his win on Saturday. But yeah, just kind of a, a decent ride. Nothing, nothing crazy, nothing over the top. I think underperformed maybe. Um, you know, for what he can do at these speedway races, but it's fine. You know, he, he's not going to win this title, in my opinion. He is trying to just win some races on the way out. You know, he's over 30 points down, I, I, I think. Anyway, I need to look at the points, but he was 36 points down going into that round. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's fine. No big deal. Three more races, try to get some wins and, uh, and move along. 
Number two, Kenny Roxon. And I was alluding to it a minute ago, but just an incredible ride on Tuesday from Roxon. And, and he needed that in the worst way. And he got exactly what he needed from Cooper Webb, which was a mistake and a lesser result, right? It's on the lower range of what we've seen from Webb as far as results go. And that's what he needed to get back into this championship. He needed help. He needed a win and he needed help. And he got both. So kudos to Roxon. Way to bounce back mentally, physically, and on the results column. And then he capitalized when Webb had an off night. And Webb hasn't had many of those, especially lately. Webb has just been hitting his marks and putting so much pressure on Kenny to perform. He's just so good at that, right? He is so good at applying pressure both, both mentally, like, you know, the the games that these guys play, like putting pressure on that way and then putting real pressure on them by performing, just putting so many points on the board each weekend that you have to respond each and every week or you just go left behind. So it's 10 points now. I don't know where we go from here. I still really think this is Cooper Webb's championship. I don't think a whole lot changes, but there's certainly a lot more talking points than there were on Sunday. Uh, So yeah, a little bit more excitement. We, we, breathed a bit of air back into this series by uh by the chaos that we saw on tuesday number one is still cooper webb right he's, he's still in the driver's seat he's still up 10 points we have another round though that i don't think that these tracks are the best scenario for webb i don't think he i don't think these are his forte for whatever reason and we we've seen him ride okay it's not horrible but it's certainly not the advantage he looked to have indoors, right? And, and I'll tell you why. This is my opinion of why. I believe that they have the KTM so dialed in for, for corners, for Cooper Webb, and this track doesn't really give an advantage there, right? It, the corners are pretty open. There's a lot of 90s. The corner, you know, it's really, the really wide apexes where you don't need to be able to turn super tight. And that's what Cooper's bike does extremely well. If you watched him closely at Arlington, he was absolutely dominating everybody in the tight corners. He doesn't really have that edge, right? That, that edge has been completely negated by a wide-open speedway-style Atlanta track. So you're seeing the other guys, the APs, the Andersons, the Roxons, the Tomax, and those guys strike back because that edge has been removed. So Webb has, in my opinion, Webb has to fight through one more Atlanta round We'll get back to Salt Lake. Salt Lake is a very small track, and that cornering advantage will come back for Webb. He's going to get it back, and you're going to see him bounce back with two really strong results at Salt Lake. So he's just got to fight through one more. Survive Saturday, get a decent result, find a way to get on the podium, and I think, I think things will get much easier for you when we roll into, uh, into Utah the following weekend. So that's your top 10. A couple questions I have. Is Kenny back? Man, I don't know. How do you ever predict what Roxon's going to do right now? He looked really off his game on Saturday. Then he comes out and just absolutely dominates on Tuesday. Really no difference. The track was basically the same, just the opposite direction. So who the hell knows what is going on with Kenny mentally, physically. I can never really keep up. The guy is so damn good on a dirt bike, but it just seems like you can get a complete opposite end of the spectrum from him without any real explanation so i'm just a wait and see and we'll see what which kenny roxon shows up on saturday i kind of mentioned the track for webb i think we're going to see more of the same and an average cooper webb on saturday i don't think 
he can just snap his fingers and find a bunch of speed. I think you're going to see the same guy. He will do the right things. He will put himself into a good position. He will be battling and making smart decisions throughout the race, and he'll finish inside the top five. But I think he needs to get on that podium. That's what he needs to be focused on, get the start, to make life easier on yourself and avoid that tough situation you were in on Tuesday and uh, do as much damage control as you can. The last note I had here was Honda went one, two. And if you've been following, you know, Honda's success or a lack of it for a really long time, you know, they've struggled. You know, they haven't won a championship since Ricky Carmichael left. It's been tough. And that, that weighs heavily on those guys. They're very aware of the challenges they've faced since Carmichael left. So I, I think that was a really uh, nice moment for them. Uh, I'm, I'm good buddies with Lars Lindstrom, who is uh, the crew chief over there. And, and I was really happy for Lars. That, that had to be a cool moment for him and, and for those guys to just find some success. And uh, yeah, hopefully it continues on for them. And, and I'm sure it will, right? They have, they have the guy that's kind of next, right? Air quotes around next with Sexton. And then they have one of the, the biggest stars in the sport globally with Ken Roxon. So it sets up really nicely for them. And then just remember right behind them, you have Jet Lawrence coming and then look at Hunter too. Like Hunter is coming into his own as well. So the future is very bright for, uh, for American Honda when, man, I, I think a lot of questions were being asked a couple years ago with Kenny's struggles and they didn't really have, you know, Justin Brayton is, is older and I don't think they're, they were ever really looking at him as the future. So there were just, there were really more questions than there were answers for that team, and now it seems like they're kind of turning the corner here as far as ironing out their future. So that's it for this week. I thank you everybody for listening. I know it's a quick one, but you know we don't really do these midweek ones very often. Uh, thank you to all the sponsors. You know who you are. There's promo codes for all of these sponsors. If you want to go back and listen to the Sunday one, they're on there. Uh, save yourself some money. Please support all of these great companies that support the podcast. And uh, again, we'll talk to you on Sunday. There'll be another industry seating podcast coming up. Talk about everything that goes on on Saturday. Thanks, guys. See you.